ABC Grandstand. Sports coverage like no other. Hello, and thanks for downloading this ABC Grandstand podcast. For sports coverage like no other, tune into ABC Grandstand on ABC Local Radio, on the ABC Mobile app, streaming online at abc.net.au slash grandstand, and on ABC Grandstand Digital Radio. The Back Post on ABC Grandstand Digital. Grandstand Digital uh, being run by the more than just a game true troop, I should say, uh, this weekend. It's uh, Paul Roach, Simon Johnson, David Gill, and we did have Stephen Riley uh, coming out of our South Bank studios. Unfortunately, prior commitments means that uh, he has said his goodbyes, folks, so he's very apologetic. He wasn't able to say goodbye in person, but uh, he had to toddle off. Now, um, I think we, we are able to go back to Brazil where we're going to have a chat with Dave Davidovich, the chief football writer from the Herald Sun, who was at the Brazil-Croatia game. Dave, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, guys. So, take us through it. How was it being in that stadium for the opening game of the 2014 World Cup? Yeah, it was extraordinary. I mean, uh, 62,000 people, predominantly Brazilians, uh, went absolutely berserk off the back of a 3-1 win to open the World Cup. Uh, probably deserve it in the end, although there was some uh, fortuitous refereeing, particularly at one all when they were awarded a very soft penalty. And Neymar stepped up to score his second of the game. The Croatian keeper, Skipper Kletikov, got a hand to it, but uh, couldn't palm it away. And uh, as Croatia attacked and tried to find an equaliser, then uh, Brazil went and scored a third. So... It was a, uh, as I said, Croatia were very good, but uh, Brazil certainly sounded a warning to their World Cup rivals because they've got some uh, outrageous talent out on the park. And Well, that wasn't their best game. Uh, there were some fantastic flashes and some good signs, particularly with Neymar scoring a, uh, scoring a double. Take us through the, the atmosphere there, Dave. I mean, surely the, it went awful. I mean, we, you know, we've seen it on TV. Well, actually, now I think about it, we had Mute on here, didn't we? But um, surely it went pretty quiet there after Croatia scored that first goal. Yeah, it did. There's probably about four to 5,000 Croatian fans, little pockets sort of behind the goals uh, up in the second tier. So they were, uh, they were certainly in full voice off the back of uh, that opening goal, which was an own goal and... Uh, well, interestingly, uh, there's a chap on uh, on, on Twitter who's uh, got the unfortunate name of Marcelo, who was absolutely getting berated uh, <laughs> off the back of that own goal. So he's uh, he tweeted, uh, "Please stop, please stop abusing me. You need to uh, you need to uh, direct your anger at uh, the other Marcelo." And he's obviously put the uh, correct Twitter handle on there. So uh, I, I think there was a, a few tens of thousands of messages directed at this. Uh, Paul bloke who presumably is based in uh, in Brazil, but uh, look, it wasn't long before they were in uh, in full voice, and it was a long range shot from Neymar, a spectacular shot that uh, that equalised just before half time, and uh, I mean, he got the loudest cheer before the game. Um, you know, when all the names went up, he got the loudest cheer, and the, the, the close second was Scolari, the um, the Brazilian coach. But there's certainly, you know, the the um, pressure and expectation of 200 million Brazilian fans pretty much rests on the shoulders of Neymar. I mean, he's only 22, but uh, he shows today what he's capable of and scoring two goals in his own game. He's a pretty decent chance to uh, to take out the golden boot, I would have thought, at this stage. 
Dave, it, Marcello was obviously the uh, the unfortunate scorer of the own goal, and there was not much he could have done about that. But it, it seemed to me watching the game that Brazil looked a little bit suspect on their right flank, and everything that Croatia were doing was coming down the left flank. Did did you see it that way? Do they do they have concerns on that on that side of the field? Yeah, very very good observation. Uh, I mean, Danny Alves is a great right back, but he's his forte that is for most Brazilian defenders is uh, or fullbacks is the attacking side of it, and. He actually got caught out for that first goal. For, for some reason, he was pressing the goalkeeper. And uh, and then uh, Croatia had a, a swift counter, and it was Ivica Tarolic who, who started on the left. He usually starts on the right, but he started him on the left tonight. And he took full advantage and burst down the left and whipped in the cross. And Jelovic, the whole city strike, he got a talent. But in the end, it was turned in by Marcelo. But Olic, I thought, was, uh, was Croatia's most dangerous player. Um often getting in behind them on, on the left flank, as you said. And, and that was Croatia's best outlet and their best chance playing on the counter. So they certainly gave as good as they got. And, and I don't think there would have been too many complaints if they walked away with a, uh, a draw from this game. But, uh, you know, now they've got to turn around. They play uh, Mexico and Cameroon, obviously, uh, their Brazil's uh, remaining two games as well. And uh, you'd think that Croatia would be favourite to to finish second behind uh, behind uh, Brazil in this group. And, of course, uh, they're in Group A. The Aussies based in Group B, along with Chile, Netherlands and uh, Spain. So every chance that uh, the Socceroos, if they can somehow manage to sneak mm. into second position, come up against this Brazilian team at the moment, <laughs> that'd be a pretty scary prospect, I would have thought, guys. Absolutely, absolutely, and and definitely, I think Croatia would be heartened from this morning's performance, and they, they were missing their best striker as well, and he'll be back for the uh, subsequent two games, so they would be a good chance of uh, sneaking through, and then obviously, meeting Australia as uh, group winners uh, in Group B. Um, <laughs> looking looking ahead, um, and many of our listeners would not be footballing aficionados. What games do you have underlined as the ones to watch over the next five to seven days? Which ones should the uh, the average Aussie who's not going to uh, stay up from one till ten? Um, every morning which one should they be watching yeah well you've, you've obviously got to watch the uh, you've got to watch the Australia Chile game tomorrow uh, I think it kicks off at uh, 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern Eastern Cor- time and, correct uh, yeah the Socceroos are obviously uh, Socceroos are obviously going in with a bit of confidence their preparation's been really good but look the other game that I'm really looking forward to uh, in in the first round is uh, is England and uh England coming up. Hang on, is England playing Italy, Italy yes. or Uruguay? No, it's England. England, Italy, Italy eight AM Sunday out at East Eastern time in Manaus yeah. on a on a pitch that yeah. seems to uh, have all kinds of question marks around it. Well, it's about as good as the AMZ Stadium pitch that Socceroos played South Africa on uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. It's an absolute shocker. There was a couple of images that come out the other day. But yeah, look, that's going to be an absolute belter of a game. It's such a tough group because you've got Uruguay, you've got England, and you've got Italy in there. Um, you know, Italy and, and, and Uruguay would have to be the favourites. Uh, obviously, there's question mark uh, surrounding Suarez with the uh, with the knee injury, and uh, you know, England probably going in with uh, as little expectation as, as I can remember um, going into a World Cup with so many young players. But you know, Italy they probably haven't got a lot of hype, but nor did they in 2006 when they went into that World Cup, and you'd be absolutely foolish writing them off because they just know how to prepare and get themselves up for a World Cup. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a cracking World Cup. I mean, all the big teams qualify. Usually there's, there's a, one or two or three big teams that tend to miss out, but 
all the big guns have qualified, even though a few you know star individuals have missed out, such as uh, Ibrahimovic and uh, and Gareth Bale. But yeah, it's, a, it's a top World Cup, and uh, you know, aside from a few late injuries, uh, all the teams seem to be pretty up for it. Dave, I'm uh, interested to hear a little bit about the off-field action. Uh, presumably you were uh, there for the opening ceremony as well. How did uh, Pitbull go and how did he look in those white strides of, of his? Oh, to be honest, I actually missed the opening ceremony. Oh. As gutted as I am, oh. <laughs> I'm going to go home now and uh, I've, I've ordered the DVD and I'm going to watch it, uh, lock myself in my hotel room and order a bit of room service and watch it. But, uh, I was actually scanning the outside of... Uh, of the uh, Arena Corinthians here in, in Sao Paulo, just sort of getting a gauge of of the atmosphere and whatnot, and it was it was absolutely fantastic with the uh, you know the Brazilian and the Croatian fans, and the Croatians actually got a couple of Brazilian-born players in the squad. They didn't feature tonight, but they're on the bench, and, and they probably will feature at some stage. Eduardo de Silva, the former Arsenal striker, and the Samir. So um, there was a lot of uh, fantastic banter going on between the two sets of fans, and even saw. Um, a, a family of, I'd imagine they were uh, Eduardo's uh, cousins or in-laws or, or, or something or other, but they have the sort of the, the half Brazilian, half Croatian shirts with Eduardo on the back. But uh, yeah, real carnival atmosphere over here, and uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah, going to be a belter of a World Cup, guys. And, and how is the organisation going? We've heard a few average stories, but is it is it running relatively smoothly so far? <clears throat> Oh, they're flying by the seat of their pants, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was about 20 minutes into the first half and, and luckily it was still daylight where a few um, a few lights actually went off uh, in the top tier of the stand. So uh, they, they managed to get them, on, uh, get them back on by half time. Um, mate, the queues in the, uh, the media centre to get a bit of food are just uh, extraordinary. Um, and then walking up to, the, uh, to my seat before the game, actually, uh, there's a bit of wire um, hanging out from uh, from above and uh, didn't see it and actually knocked my head on it. So, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've got a way to go. I mean, even here, if it, if it rains, there's sort of these glass panels that they're supposed to put um, on top of the uh, the stadium and just sort of run out of time. So, look, and, and this was the first game, you know, Brazil, the showpiece, uh, you know, kicking off the World Cup. So... If this is what 80, 90 percent ready, I'd hate to see what some of the other stadiums are, uh, are like. So it's going to be uh, very interesting from that viewpoint. Dave, turning to Australia's moment of truth tomorrow morning. Two questions. Um, firstly, what's what's the latest on Arturo Vidal, the uh, the Chilean player? And secondly, uh, how do you think Australia is going to line up on the offensive side? Um, who, who will be the front four for the Socceroos and, tomorrow morning? And thirdly, are you going to beat the game, Dave? <laughs> I'll go. I'll go backwards. Yes, I will be at the game. Um, I actually, actually, by chance, I was going to Cuiabá and we had a, a, a pit stop in Sao Paulo, and I thought, you know what, the opening game's here tomorrow. Why not stop and uh, and have a bit of a sticky beak? So I managed to. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, as you do. Grubby hands on <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. What the heck? So, Doing nothing do. else. It's <laughs> yeah. dedication to your Why job, not? Dave. Dave, there are people going to work here on a Friday morning, and you're regaling us with stories. You're just swanning up to the Brazil-Croatia game. <laughs> But go on, sorry, mate. And and uh, I, I managed to. I was a bit nervous about the ticket, but uh, a, a yeah. lovely uh, old gentleman uh, in the uh, in the media tribune happened to uh, find a ticket for me. So uh, and there was a massive queue as well on the waiting list. So I was very very lucky. But sometimes you just got to roll the dice, and things things can happen. Yep. But 
the other so the other question so we had Vidal um, look Vidal trained yesterday and it was the first time he's trained since he played that friendly against Northern Ireland last week which apparently played against medical advice and his knees uh, his knees swelled up off the back of that game so all the Chilean journalists reckon that he will start on the bench and he'll only play you know if they're in absolute desperation um you know, obviously towards the end of the game. So I think they'll wrap him up in cotton wool for games two and three. But, yeah, if Australia is winning or drawing, uh, we, we probably will see Vidal. So uh, I, I guess soccer fans will be barracking, but, uh, barracking for the fact that he might come on at some stage. Um, and uh, I've been gibbering for that long, guys. I'll the third question. <laughs> this was the uh, around the Australian front four and, and how, how we'll line up on the front offensive four, side. that's right. Yeah, so, look, the front four, I think Bresciano will come into the side from... Uh, from the team that played against Croatia last week, uh, he'll play in that number 10 position. Uh, up forward, it'll be Timmy Cahill leading the line with Tommy Orr on the left and Matthew Lecky on the right. So the only change from Croatia, Vitacic coming out um, and uh, Bresciano in, in terms of personnel. But in terms of the uh, positioning, there will be a restructure because Tommy Orr actually started in that number 10 position uh, last game with Lecky out on the left. So... Um, I reckon that's how they'll, they'll start with um, with Yedinak and uh, Milligan as the two holders. Uh, they'll obviously they're going to go at them from the get go. So the first ten or fifteen minutes, they're going to have a massive crack and obviously try and get that early goal, try and get that psychological edge over Chile, and in a hope that I guess they, they, they lose their heads, lose a bit of discipline, and all sorts of things can happen. You know, potentially a red card, and and all of a sudden the game changes. But uh, that's uh, you know that, that's the plan. That's the best case scenario. Thereafter, uh, it'll be you know very much a counter-attacking game, and uh, you know Chile will obviously get. Uh, <clears throat> you'd think they will create goal-scoring chances at some stage because they've just got so many good players. They play so well. I mean, they absolutely played England off the park. I'm just talking to Gus Poyet um, over here uh, before the game, and, and it, we're talking about that game, and he just said Chile was was unbelievable um, in, in that match. So we'd be foolish to think that. You know, the Socceroos will dominate this match. But, uh, look, they'll certainly create chances. It's just a matter of taking them. And uh, even though they do play, you know, Boston Cogler likes playing this attacking game, they actually have struggled to score goals um, of late. So um, an early one would be fantastic. All right, uh, Dave, look, uh, thanks very much for being part of the show uh, and making us all intensely jealous. I uh, hope the rest of the trip is, is, is fun and we witness a successful result from the Socceroos tomorrow. We'll speak to you, uh, speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys. A pleasure. All right, Dave Davidovich there, who's the chief football writer at the Herald Sun. They're reporting live from Sao Paulo, the lucky little so-and-so. Now, gents, uh, you um, someone made reference to the opening ceremony, uh, which Dave regrettably wasn't able to get to, and the and Pitbull, uh, who is one of the well, he's one of the talent, if that's the right expression, behind the FIFA official anthem, and. Um, I'm a bit bemused by this. There is a FIFA official song and a FIFA official anthem. We're going to hear a bit of the anthem in a moment because it's shocking. Uh, what's the difference between a song and an anthem and why do we have two? Is this FIFA being greedy or what? Well, Roach, I think one is a song, obviously, and the other is an anthem, and that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can contribute to that debate. Comments from the supercoach. What, what a silly question, I suppose. That's only that's what your answer, answer means. Let's have a listen, ladies and gents, to the FIFA official anthem.
it hard to sleep How you struggle on the streets And you can't escape the heat But your heart could feel that beat So you get up off your feet Ain't no mountain you can't reach Grab a star and make a We celebrating and we waving all our rats We all united even though we different flags We all are one voice, one heart, one soul Once we set that goal, you know we gonna start Another 30 seconds of that fade out. I think we've got the general idea of what is, uh, for mine, a pretty ordinary FIFA official anthem. What are your thoughts on that one? Roachie, I have to agree, and uh, I, I have to agree, Roach, and so much has been written recently about FIFA incompetence, but if we needed any evidence that this is a dysfunctional organisation, <laughs> then I think that song speaks more you eloquently think, than any Sepp, news report. Sepp Blatter had something to do with that song. He might have... Uh been speaking to people and I did see him dancing. I don't know if you guys saw that on a um, oh, on a on a video during a uh, awkward pause at some or other FIFA <laughs> FIFA uh, event. And yeah, he um he was trying to clap, but he's uh, uh, I'm not the best dancer in the world, but but Seth's claps did not seem to be anything. Yeah. Right. Gilly, you were making the the, the point off air then uh, while we were listening to that song. Then maybe maybe it's just that we don't have the hips for that kind of song. Maybe it's a what doesn't quite the rhythm gel with us. Yes. That's right. We were discussing we're for it. Latino pop. It's kind of like white men don't can't jump and Anglo-Saxon men just don't seem to get that style of music. So apologies to um, Latino listeners who, who may have thought that's a great song. Yeah. It's just maybe something that doesn't resonate with us given our Anglo-Saxon background. <laughs> our our, our bone, bone structure. 
<laughs> or something. <laughs> Our hips aren't double jointed or what have you. Look, there is the FIFA official song, which I'm sure we'll get to play at some stage across the next three days. But one of the, uh, you know, there's plenty of artists who always have a crack at the uno- at unofficial versions of the song. And one of the great stories going around at the moment. Uh, a band called Vaudeville Smash, who uh, previously no one had really heard of, unless you uh, really you knew your music, managed to raise twenty grand and put together a song called Zinedine Zidane, featuring Les Murray. Have a listen to this. In 1972, under a scorching June sun. In the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Veron. Suarez, Van Basten, Gianluigi Buffon, Xavi, Iniesta, Drogba, Hazard, Tevez, Schweinsteiger, Steven, Gerard, Alessandro Del Piero, Neymar, Forlan, Persie, Makata, Jean-Pierre Papin, Balak, Van Persie, Becker, Giggs, Scholes, but the strongest of them all. Zinedine Zinedine. Nedved Maldini, Aguero Raul, Casillas Cavani, Benzema Mandzukic, Mario Palotelli, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Lothar Mateus, Shevchenko Cantona, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Romario, Rivaldo, Robinho, Ramirez, Kaká, Falcao, Frank Ribery, Pirlo Cahill Company, but the strongest of them all.
Chicharito, William Gallas, Sanchez, Mark Bostich, Hulk, Alexi Lala, Slusha, Honda, Busquets, Siki, Simao, Thierry Henry, Modest, Shidal, Pachis, Donova, Eto, Sisu. Sisu! There's no risk that I was going to fade that out any earlier than uh, than the full four minutes, 16 seconds there. What a phenomenal piece of work that is. Absolute gold. Absolute gold. Outstanding. I mean, Les has given a lot to the game of football, but that is surely (laughs) his finest product. And used to be a a lead singer of a band, didn't he, many, many years ago? That was his background. Glam rock. Glam rock, rock, apparently. Look, there's been plenty of attempts at uh, at the unofficial song over the years, uh, and maybe over the course of the next few days and the next couple of weekends, we'll... Play a few of them, and indeed, if you have suggestions as to which which unofficial song you would like to hear, feel free to uh, drop us a line. You can get on it on the Grandstand Facebook page, or indeed tweet uh, a Grandstander at ABC Grandstand, or indeed us, the more than just a game crew at MTJAG Grandstand. There are your options there: ABC Grandstand, MTJAG Grandstand, and uh, we'll at- in- attempt to uh, to play one or two of those songs. Any. Anyone leaps out at you there, Gilly or Jono, that uh, any unofficial versions over the years that uh, we should be trawling through the archives to get out? Probably uh, really one that I remember was the theme song for England in 1990. Were we playing for England? That, that was pretty ordinary, wasn't it, from memory? It was, but it became the sound of the English summer because they went into that World Cup with low expectations and ended up making it into the semi-finals. Oh, okay. yeah, pretty true. bad, sort of mix, mixing uh, music with a bit of rap. Johnny, Johnny Barnes juggling the football. I, I didn't mind it. All the staple kind of stuff. Well, uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of Grandstand Breakfast. Vamos, Australia. Once again, it's there the Socceroos are ahead. Do you love your football? Want to stay up to date with the World Cup in Brazil? Visit the dedicated Brazil 2014 page with ABC Grandstand Online. Find out the latest news, check fixtures and teams and explore the history feature which takes a look back at all 19 World Cup finals and features some of the greatest names in football. Grandstand Sport. Brazil 2014. Featuring online now at abc.net.au slash grandstand.